listening to the Careers BU podcast, a podcast aimed at Bournemouth University students and graduates. Each episode, we talk to employers, alumni and professionals all about their career journey, what employers are looking for and help you explore the opportunities that are available to you. Hello and welcome to this episode. I'm Amanda Fripp, Careers Advisor at Bournemouth University. In today's episode, I chat to BU alumni, Matt Cozier, the founder of the Gaia Card. Matt talks about his experience of starting a digital marketing agency while studying at university. They're going on to set up the Gaia Card, a discount card connecting consumers to sustainable brands. They were also the winners of the BU Eco Entrepreneurs Fund for two years in a row. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the podcast. Can you just introduce yourself? Jimmy, please. Hi, I'm Matt. Um, I'm a former BU student. Um, I'm originally from Kent. I now have a degree in business, uh, master's in marketing, and two businesses, uh, one called GaiaCard, uh, which I'm CEO of, and Big Influence Media, uh, which I'm also CEO of. Excellent. And when did you graduate from your, so the last course you did was your master's. When did you graduate from that? Oh, well, it was in the middle of COVID, so it should have been in 2021, but I ended up graduating in 2022. Okay, cool. So not 2020, that's not not really long ago. And yet you still, you've got, you, you've now got two businesses. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I did actually start Big Influence Media when I was studying my um, degree initially, my business management degree. And it was purely, yeah, purely, I've, I've always done graphic design. Um, I saw a gap in the market. I needed some extra income and um, I've got quite a good network down here. So it gave me the opportunity to be able to trial some, yeah, some strategies with some businesses that worked um, and enable me to, yeah, to bring that into a business. It did start off just me freelancing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just doing a couple of bits for an old job that I had. Um, but yeah, then went into that, um, which, yeah, and then ended up with, sort of 45 clients when I was doing 45 yeah so so um yeah I ended up um yeah having quite a few clients I ended up hiring two two ladies um to help me out um while I was there one two both from the uni actually yeah but then ended up starting Gaia okay so so big influence media was your first business that you set up and you did that whilst you were at university yes as an undergrad um and that's like a marketing agency is it yeah, so we basically, it started off just doing social media management, to be honest, it was pretty basic. So we was literally just creating content um, that was branded, that had an objective um, to, yeah, to either increase reach or likes. It was very basic, first of all. Um, then as I diverged a bit more into it, and to be honest, got a bit more knowledge from the university on strategy, because I'd done um, strategic management. Yes, where it really flourished. And then I ended up doing websites, um, strategies for uh, global companies, campaigns across the UK for um, like Esquire's Coffee, um, Shrap Marketing, investment companies, estate agents, car sales, you name it, we sort of done it. Um, We would never sort of take on a business that we couldn't help. Um, So I'm a strong believer of if if we can't help you, we won't. I did have um, a couple of clients in America that were selling coffee, which I was was like yeah okay we'll take you on um it'll be okay but then as i realized that you shouldn't take on every bit of work that comes your way because if you can't actually reach their objectives um then it could give you a negative reputation so yeah that was the only client that we actually didn't do good results for and it made me sort of realign the way that i approach clients and um what we do for them Mm -hmm. okay that's quite interesting so you you realize actually it's not always the best thing just to take take all the work that came to you actually being that little bit more selective and making sure that you can meet those objectives yeah yeah 
100%. Yeah, I think it's definitely better um, when setting a business up to have your reputation. We grew through word of mouth. Although we were a marketing agency, we didn't actually market ourselves. <laughs> really? No, no, we actually didn't. We, we, we always um, was a strong believer of standing out, and I always think you should do. Um, I read a book called The Purple Cow once, um, and it really stood out to me. And I think that in any sense of business, that it's basically the whole premises of the book is if you was going through a field of cows and one was purple, which one would you notice? <laughs> So, yeah, so that's the whole premises that we built Big Influence on um, was all about standing out, thinking different. Yeah. And basically just just attracting the attention in weird and wonderful ways. Mm-hmm. Cool. So and then the other business that you set up is the Gaia card. So can you tell me a little bit about that? I mean, that's it's quite a popular thing within Bournemouth University. I think quite a few people know about it. But if they don't, can you tell me what that is? Yeah. So guys, um, yeah, it's all about better choices. Um, it's all about picking the better option. Um, one thing that we realized was that a lot of people are becoming conscious, uh, but a lot of businesses aren't really keeping up with it. Um, and it's a struggle to find businesses that are actually offering better products and services. Um, so what we decided to do, and, and also they come at a premium. So it started off basically with 50% of vegan and vegetarian meals, um, which is now developed into sustainable ethical health and fitness. So it's all about being better um, for the people and for the planet. So we try to draw, we try to bring down the cost of sustainable, ethical health and fitness products. Like, obviously, vegan products are normally quite expensive. Sustainable products are normally more expensive because of supply and demand. There's actually not that many of them out there at the moment. And fitness and health also. Health products are normally more expensive. And like gyms, like one-on-one um, PTs and stuff, normally come at a premium. So, yeah, the whole premises was making it easier for consumers to do more, basically. It doesn't matter if you're an eco-warrior or if you're just um, Harry that goes down the pub <laughs> um, with a guy card. With a guy card, we've done the hard work for you. All you need to do is get a membership, which is um, 349 for a student. Um, we basically we put all of the products in front of you. So that'd be um, local coffee shops, um, sustainable products, vegan brands, and we give you a discount from them. But we're more than just a discount card. So we also plant trees um, and we give back to charity. We actually support four charities now. And we've got a forest of over 70,000 trees, um, mostly in Madagascar, but some in Somerset as well. So, yeah, the whole premise is, is you save money, you reduce your carbon footprint, and you give back to your local community. So, yeah, and yeah, we've got quite popular with the university. So we've now got another... Um, 3,800 students coming on in September. We've just secured a deal with the Bournemouth University staff, which all 1,000 staff um, will have a guy card now. So, yeah, and then uh, more recently, we've had a meeting with AUB um, just before I went on holiday last week, which is looking promising. So getting somewhere, getting somewhere. <laughs> so all the students get a card automatically, do they? Yeah, first first years, first years. For all first years, okay. But anyone and staff, but anyone else, um, whether you're in university or outside of university, you know, members of the public, they can pay for this membership, ultimately, which pays for the card, and then they can access discounts at ethical, sustainable um, shops, restaurants, health and fitness products. Some of these are online yeah. as well, aren't they? Yes, yeah, so we have um, 140 brands now listed. Um, and they're mostly uh, online now. So and we've just gone to Southampton, Bristol and Brighton. We have about 60 local partners to Bournemouth. So that would be in Poole, Christchurch, Bournemouth Town Centre, the Triangle, Winton, Winton Poole, Southbourne, um, Westbourne. So, yeah, we've, we're in all the boroughs of Bournemouth and we're just moving into Bristol, Brighton and Southampton. 
But other t- other other cards like Taste Card, um, they have like eight thousand brands on. But it's not all about how many brands we have on; it's about the quality of them. So we do actually hand select them, and we have a criteria they have to reach to come onto the platform. Now this base is around environmental, social, and governance. So it's not purely just on the packaging that they have, but also on how they treat their employees, whether they give back to charity, um, their strategy for long term. Because obviously. It's, it's easier said than done with a lot of businesses. Um, we can't just give a magic wand and expect them all to become sustainable. So we work with businesses and they do a Gaia carbon pledge. Mm-hmm. So some businesses might enable themselves for six months and we go back to them and see how well they've done. Other businesses, it might be two years. Yeah, because some businesses will find it easier to transition, whereas other businesses won't. So yeah, we're all on the premises that you don't have to be perfect. No one's perfect. No one should believe that they need to be. Some people in the environmental industry, they do try to live a perfect life they eject a lot of agendas on people and get a lot of people upset um, and actually have a negative effect on the mission and vision that we're trying to achieve which i think is quite upsetting with us we don't we just focus on pure solutions rather than showing you like a a dead animal and and burning stuff and and just horrible plastic in the ocean we're just like look it's, it's not that difficult we take it down to the fundamentals and i think a lot of people over complicate the world's problems at the minute I think if you actually take it down to what's actually the problem, there's a lot of people, <laughs> like 7 billion people. Um, everyone wants a Western life. Everyone wants cars, products, but everyone's consuming very badly. And that's the way I see it, is that there's a lot of people consuming very badly. So, And the, and consumption goes further than the products you buy as well. I think a lot of people don't understand this. It's the coffee shop seat that you've not sat in. It's the, the plane seat that's not active for you. It's, it's you go in every store in every city that is just full to the bring with products so yeah what we're trying to do is just focus on pushing people to the better products and then hopefully that will have a positive effect on the environment long term by pushing where the money goes and essentially so so i guess so you're kind of doing it like in a gentle approach of encouraging consumers to if they're going to consume to try and think more ethically more sustainably um but like you said, not kind of push them into it. But there's, I guess there's a fine balance, isn't it? Because there is quite a lot of greenwashing out there. Um, and it is hard to know as a consumer, to, you think you're making a right choice, but then actually you realise you're being greenwashed and it's, yeah, it's actually like completely not, not, not right option to be doing. So it becomes really complicated, doesn't it, as a consumer? I think so. And like I say, um, it, I always pull it down to um, and where the idea originally come from with Gaia. When, when I was younger, I was dating an activist. Um, she went to the arts uni and she educated me a lot about veganism and sort of the mission behind it. And I went to protests a lot with her and it was just, it was um, just another world world to me. But I realised that every, every time we we're in Asda, she's looking at the, the packets. Um, we would go to places she wouldn't be able to eat. And I, I just thought, why is this stuff not more accessible? And the places we did go, it was more expensive. And I used to have a taste card. So we were sat in ZZ's before and was actually sat there and was like she was like wouldn't this be a good idea if um this had vegan and vegetarian meals on there and i thought it would be incredible but taste cards more focused on fast food pizzas lounging around sitting in a sitting in odeon cinema like not really being active so the whole premises of gaia was yeah was first developed based around the taste card um giving 50 percent off vegan and vegetarian meals then i met nick my co-founder um and told him the idea. I said, I've got this idea. It's called Gaia. We have a bamboo card. It's 50% of vegan and vegetarian meals. And he just said, that's, that's incredible. Let's, um, let's, let's do it. So that's where the whole Gaia you see now has developed. Me and Nick put our heads together in lockdown. 
Um, and then that's where the sustainable aspect come from, the fitness aspect, the tree planting. And yeah, we really sat there for weeks on end, just drilling away. And then um, we got our first partner on across the road. I lived in town centre, which was a Squires. But yeah, the whole premises is, um, it's not that complicated. Small changes collectively make a big difference. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be 100%. Most of our partners um, are not 100% themselves. Um, but it's, it's just all about working towards a common goal. I've seen it before um, with Greg's and it really stood out to me. So Greg's had the vegan sausage roll and someone told me um, Greg's profit has increased 8% since they introduced the vegan sausage roll. And I said, no, never. Knowing a lot of business case studies, learning them at uni and, and studying them myself, I thought it was unheard of. So I researched it and it was right. They, they, their profit had gone up 8% due to them introducing the vegan sausage roll. And now they have many vegan products. So they have, I think, seven, eight vegan products. Now, Greg's isn't the most sustainable company either. And, but the difference is, if you put the money towards companies like this, they will succeed. For instance, Wildwood's probably one of our less sustainable companies, but they have a good vegan menu. So if you go to Wildwood, you get 50% off a vegan burger, or it's 100% for a normal burger. So even if you are a meat eater and you're a bit short on cash, I'll try that vegan burger mm. today. It's only a fi- it's a fiver. So we're all about pushing people to better choices and making it easier for them to transition. And I think, yeah, and I think even we even had um, a company called Hills Bistro. They didn't have any plastic packaging. No, they, they used purely plastic packaging, mm. sorry. Um, they didn't have any vegan menu. And it was actually a friend of mine. And he said, can we join the platform? I said, oh, well, not really our, our market. So we've we done the criteria. He failed. The only person that's ever failed, really. Six months later, he comes back to us. I've, I'm now, I've got vegan menu, I've, I've got a, a sustainable packaging, they've, they've done tree planting campaigns with us and it was just incredible to see them because obviously they knew the power of Gaia pushing customers in and they, they, they needed the business really because they're, they're, they've unfortunately shut down now but yeah, that Gaia basically kept their business afloat for a while because of the vegan menu and stuff. So, so it also helped influence businesses in how they operate sustainably. So influence, and that's really great. Okay. Um, one thing you mentioned a little while ago when we were chatting was that um, you didn't, you came from a background that maybe wasn't very entrepreneurial, um, but you know, you sound very entrepreneurial in the, what your journey so far. Um, so, and you, you mentioned something about when you lived with your housemates and they owned businesses. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Where did this kind of entrepreneurial side to you start kicking in? Yeah, so I've, I've always been passionately curious um, and I've always been interested in business. I went to a, a, a boys' grammar school when I was younger, a business school. Uh, yeah, I'm not from a, a well-off area. Um, I'm, I unfortunately lost our home when we were younger. My dad um, ended up committing suicide and I lived in a council house all of my life. Um, yeah, which is, which is just, it happened, you know, it's one of them. Um, it's just unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I, I've always been interested in doing more and wanting more. Um, so luckily I got the opportunity to go to university. Um, when I went to uni, my granddad drove me down. I'd never really left 10 miles from my house, um, like ever, I'd never even really seen big buildings. So come up to Bournemouth and the first thing I remember seeing is the, the big car park with Asda. And I was like, wow, there's so much concrete here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went into, to a shared house, um, because I was late, I went in through clearing and yeah, I, I lived with four of the wealthiest people I know. Um, and, and it was crazy because obviously they was talking about deposits and stuff and my mum didn't have any money and my granddad wrote a check and I was like, whoa, like, thank you. Like I, I didn't realize this would cost so much money. I'd never, not one person in my, um, 
not one person that went to university out of my whole family and my dad's got 10 brothers and sisters i've got like 56 cousins and like 120 normal like second cousins and from a real big community mining old mining community but yeah i lived with them and i realized that business doesn't have to be what you see on the news and on the media like these big billionaires it's like you can make a business out of anything one of the lads i lived with his dad owned lottery machines like the machines that make lottery tickets he just he sold them like when you walk in the shop you don't even think who sells them another another gentleman that i lived with his his dad got rich from painting in a bit on a window uh another 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 lad i lived with um it was called the white room so his mum and dad basically just owned a big empty space there's interior designers and the when you take photos and catalogs and you look at them you don't really think where they come from but they would get given the the like sofas and stuff and they would set them all up in this and and take photos of them give them to ikea and stuff so yeah it just made me realize that business is everything like you look around the room everything is created by business the lights the fit fittings the wooden floor the cups the laptop in front of me um yeah so it just made me realize that everything everything needs to be made and business is everything so yeah it really opened my eyes up to what the potential of a business could be mm. so you've had you've had a really kind of it, it sounds like quite a difficult background in some ways with some of those experiences that you've had when you were younger and do you feel like the turning point was kind of when you got to university and it kind of opened your eyes then? Yeah, I've, I've always I've always had a lot going on in my head. I've always been an ideas man. Um, but yeah, definitely coming to uni and, and yeah, and just and just learning about strategy. Like this is one thing a lot of people and a lot of people that are famous now, like Stephen Barlett and stuff, they always put down university. And I don't understand why. Like I literally, even from school, maybe I've got a good memory or maybe I was just naturally interested in it, but I still use stuff from school. Um, and, I, and university especially, like I went to university, first of all, done a foundation degree. I dropped out in the final year and I went to work. I ended up going back to uni when I was 26 to do my degree. And I'd already had a bit of insight into the working world. Um, so when I went back, I was like, wow, like I'm utilizing this stuff because it's, it's crucial. Um, and I think that's why in pop culture now it's annoying because a lot of people don't get that they just go to uni and they don't think it's very relevant because people are saying on tv and it's like it's it's irrelevant as you make it because um i know i i yeah when i went back i went in (laughs) i was like this this knowledge is um is great yeah i think um yeah university definitely helped me in the way that i the the way i'm going to grow the business i think university is more crucial i don't think it talks you about the nitty-gritty on starting a business and how hard it is to get from zero to one but i think in this in the scalability and when we're a global company i think it's going to be incredible mm. and it's interesting obviously going in you came back to university as a mature student because after your foundation year and sometimes being that little bit older it sounded like you were a lot more focused at that point in your life and i guess that varies depending on each individual person you know some people are focused when they are um 18 19 but you need to sound like you need that bit of extra time for yourself to to figure out what it is you really wanted yeah, I think um, I think everything happens for a reason, and I think um, yeah, going back at that age, being a bit more mature, made me understand it a bit more. When I was younger, I, like any student, ninety percent of them was just drinking loads. <laughs> I lived with um the rugby captain. I never actually played rugby for the uni, but I'm sure you can imagine. Um, yeah, it was just drinking all the time, all the time. Um, <laughs> but luckily, uh, luckily, I, I I did always keep my head screwed on, so I'd drink a lot, but I would um I would keep up with my work. Whereas my Unfortunately, my housemates didn't. They they all failed uni for some reason. I drank. More, I did drink more than them, though. I'm sure, but <laughs> um, 
Wow. But it sounds like, I think you sound like you've got a lot of motivation. Maybe that's, you know, you, you are motivated with your businesses, with your work, you know, the fact that you've gone on to do a master's. So I guess that pays off in the end, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I, I love learning. I've been thinking about doing a PhD, to be honest. And oh, not, wow. not because of, yeah, yeah, just not because of any sense. I just, I think it, yeah, I think it's good, yeah, to keep your brain active, I think. And obviously, like, in a busy lifestyle, you're not going to be reading textbooks and stuff. And I know a lot of people think that's quite nerdy. <laughs> but no, I do, I do actually, I, I love education. Um, I'd, I'd forever learn if I could. Um, but yeah, I've been thinking about doing my PhD. I don't know what in yet, but that's not another thing to take on. <laughs> well, let's talk about funding. So, one one thing you, which is where we met, was there's the Eco Entrepreneurs Fund, which Bournemouth University runs, because um, you were the winner yes. of that in I can't remember what year that was 2021, 22, 2022. Two time winner. Yeah, two times winner. No, we've won. Yes, yeah, you. I know. Yeah, I know you won the first year, and then you. Yeah, you won the second year. I was going to say in the second year. So um, tell, tell me a little bit about the, the Eco Entrepreneurs Fund. So the Eco Entrepreneurs Fund is like £2,500. Um, it was our first bit of funding we've ever had because we, we built Gaia from, yeah, just, just our hands. Um, but yeah, no, no, it's really good. It's really interesting. We was with some incredible businesses and it gives me hope for the future because the, 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 some, of the, some of the businesses we were up to were incredible. Some of the stuff they were doing was so advanced and, and it, it always puts it back to, some people over overcomplicate the solutions to problems, and they're still part of the solution. But if we're going to have a mass effect, you need to you need to reach the masses, and you need to change the habits of them. But but yeah, no, the, the Eco Entrepreneurs Fund done a lot for us. Um, yeah, it was our first bit of funding. After that, we got the Res Life deal on, which was good. But yeah, no, it's, it did definitely help. Um, we we do need more funding, really, um, realistically. Um, but I suppose every business does. But yeah, it, yeah, it, it did do a lot for us. It was lovely to meet the other businesses. And that was that was a competition amongst other yeah. Bournemouth University students or graduates or alumni who or recent recent graduates, I think, who have a sustainable or eco business idea. Went and pitched, didn't you? You pitched your idea, yeah. and then there was a competitive process of the judges to decide who who won it. So, and you were you were allowed to do that two years running, weren't you? So you won the first year. Um, and then, yeah, the second year you were a prize winner as well, weren't you? So, yeah, yeah, we, um, yeah, two two years in a row. Um, unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't, um, I couldn't make the this this year one. Um, I had my uh, mum's funeral, which was a bit of a shame. But Nick went out and he killed it, um, absolutely smashed it for us. Um, so we got the prize. I can't really comment on much on this year's one, but last year's one was incredible. Um, like I say, I, I had loads of fun doing it. Literally loads of fun. Um, it was like a Dragon's Den style thing, really realistically mm, yeah, 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 yeah yeah so if any students are listening you want to get involved do it it was it was really good experience even just like if you wanted to set up something it gives you ideas of like how other people are doing it and stuff as well yeah. because not one shoe fits all as well um and i always think it's good to have a different approach um with everything but like i say the businesses last year i can't really comment this year because I, I wasn't there but last year were incredible honestly and the people yeah it was it was really 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 good yeah, so it's worth any students thinking about any ideas yeah. um, already for the the next one, which will be around kind of January time. And we've actually we've actually gone on to the Santander Global one now as well. Okay. So hopefully we we applied for that a couple of weeks ago. I got an email from uni, so we'll see how that one goes. Brilliant. Well, can, you know, good luck with that one. So, as an entrepreneur, what qualities or skills do you think are important to be an entrepreneur? You know, not necessarily an entrepreneur. I think sounds quite quite unattainable for a lot of people but what skills and qualities do you think are important to run your own business 
so, so one thing that prevented me from starting a business initially when I was younger is probably the better way to go about it. I used to think that to start a business, you needed so much more than you do. So I, I, when I first set up a business idea when I was younger, I was looking for like £500,000 investment, <laughs> which I just thought was normal. I was like, yeah, didn't, didn't even really do much planning. It was just like, that's how much we need. Um, just p- picked a number out of a hat, um, which is quite unattainable, really. But I think it's, it's mainly knowing like, First of all, getting what, what the idea is and, and working out whether it's viable, I think is a good idea because a lot of people waste a lot of time and I've been to networking events with, with other entrepreneurs and, and not to dampen on their ideas. I'm like, have you really thought this through? Like, How much money have you spent on that? Um, I don't really get it, which obviously a lot of people don't get going, which is fine. And obviously if you've got that in your head, but I think just, just working out a plan, I've, everything I've done has is, is been based around a plan. I tried to do low risk, um, low risk, high return plans. So like for instance we only launched in Bournemouth initially um if we launch globally or, or nationally we might have um grown too big too quick and our processes wouldn't have been very good so i think it's starting small and scaling um i'm always a big believer on minimal viable product so what can we do right now with the minimal effort to get the product to um to prototype or to launch phase or to get customers with gaia we done a minimal viable product mm-hmm. so we got the system set up and we was growing slowly and building upon that. Um, and we wanted to get a thousand customers and then we was going to go to other, other places. So I think just think about it, really. Just think about it logically. Check if there's any businesses out there and don't be put off is, if there is a business out there that does the same thing because everything's branded, everything's marketing. As long as the product and the business does what it says it does, um, you can you can overtake a competitor anyway. I don't think if someone else is doing it, you should stop you doing mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, I, I just I just think if you've got an idea, think about it properly. <laughs> really, really think about it properly, and, and um, yeah, get inspired by things. Um, like I say, everything's been done realistically. So yeah, but I'd just say think about it properly. Mm. Yeah, so thinking about it properly, and I don't, I guess you know I think for for me, I mean I I was at university quite quite a few years ago now, yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember when I was at uni, I always thought you know I thought oh, it'd be great to have a business and. But to me, I always thought there needed to be a product associated with that. Um, and actually, it doesn't, it could be a, like, you're, you know, it's a cert, it can be a service. It doesn't have to be a physical product. You don't have to invent something. It could be a service. It could be a marketing service. It could be, um, you, know, any, you know, if you've got a specific skill, it can be that type of service that you can do as well. It could be freelance. It, you know, it can, mm. it, it's, it's wider than sometimes what people initially think. True, true. Yeah, there's, there's loads you can do. And it, like, luckily, I had, I done graphic design when I was very young, um, when I was from like I was fifteen. So I've always um, been quite proficient on Illustrator and Photoshop. I personally would recommend anyone to get that knowledge. That helped me massively because the first thing of a business is the idea, obviously. The second thing is the logo and the branding. So if you haven't got money for the logo and branding, which is quite expensive sometimes, then you're hindering yourself straight away. So personally, I think learning design skills it depends well it depends how much money you've got really if, if, if you've got if, if you're starting from zero then yeah i'd say learn a bit of design get your logo set up and then everything sort of bases around that it's just getting started a lot of people don't get started they really don't like they, they have a million ideas and they talk about them but it, it is literally just going for it like initiating it like write up a business plan write up the idea get people up, speak to people about it, get people to like proper drill you on it. Cause they do, <laughs> they do. When you, t- when you tell someone an idea, <laughs> people do drill you on it. 
have have you had any mentors or anyone like that to to help you in the business? James Cummins um, was probably one of my best mentors. I met him at the university before. Um, he works with us in Gaia now. He he had a company called Google Entrepreneurs, um, which they helped entrepreneurs. And I'd say pretty much a lot of the information I know, which I talk about, like minimal viable product, um, and all this sort of stuff, comes from him. So yeah, actually, no, I'd say he was a big mentor back then, and he still is now. Actually, he, he's with us now. He's a shareholder in Gaia. He's our chief technology officer. He's, I'd say James has actually been an incredible mentor realistically he has he has been yeah he's been really good he has been really good so are there any other kind of advice or tips you would give students or graduates i think a lot of it is you've probably covered but if you, are there any other bits of tips or advice you'd give a student or graduate thinking about starting a business just go for it um like and and when i mean go for it like truly think about it don't do something just because um one of my friends set up he set up 22 businesses since me and nick have done gaia and he always says to nick I'm so jealous of you and Matt with Gaia um, because of this. But I remember him just coming out with ideas out of a hat. Let's do this. Let's do that. So, like, I've had probably 50, 100 ideas and I'm working on one of them. So I think it's, yeah, work out something that you're going to be doing for the duration because Rome wasn't built in a day. No one's going to get successful overnight. Um, we've been doing this two, three years now and by no means have I paid myself a salary yet. So, but I'm still in for the long run. So I think, yeah, just understand that it takes time. Um, you've got to, jump in at the deep end sometimes and you've got to be consistent with it network um is is powerful um word of mouth is powerful people always forget about the marketing and the advertising and they focus on the product but i always pull it down to the wright brothers the wright brothers made a plane if they did not show that to anyone because they just kept it to themselves they're like the product's great it's fine everyone's going to fly um no one would be flying. <laughs> so, and that's an, that's an incredible piece of engineering. So I think it's important just to get the full, the full mix. So yeah, if you, if you're going to set up a business, think about it properly, be like, would I realistically want to do this for two, three years without being paid? If your answer is yes, and you truly believe in it, go for it. Mm-hmm. If it's just something small, like just freelancing or setting up an agency, can I make money from this? And how can I make money from this? Because luckily my, my marketing stuff pays my wage. But I enjoy doing that as well. But yeah, just, yeah, scope of use, I suppose. Like, what, what, what is the scope of this? Can I actually do this? You only really need, what, f- like four social media clients paying you £500 a month. That's two grand a month, obviously, minus all the taxes and stuff. And then you, you've set up. It's not hard to find four people. So, yeah, always start small and scale, I'd say. Lovely. Well, thank you so much. I think that's just, it's been really great. It's so interesting hearing about your journey. And, um, you know, obviously, I keep in touch with, like, what the guy card is doing, and it's great to see how you've been growing. So, um, that, yeah, I really appreciate you coming coming on today. No, no, thank you. And um, yeah, one of the first times I've done this. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening today. Please remember to subscribe and follow so you can keep up to date with all new episodes. 